Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Week 7 Review episode of The Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. There's nothing more exciting about a football game than when there's money on the line. And the place to go in order to make that happen is mybookie.ag. Whether you've been betting for years or you're placing a wager for the first time, mybookie is your best bet this season. With pro and college football in full swing, the MLB playoffs headed into the World Series, and both hockey and basketball kicking off the regular seasons, now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. So if you really want to support your team or just make a few extra bucks this season, don't sit on the sidelines, get in the game with my bookie. And if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code SHARE to activate the offer. That's promo code SHARE to double your cash. Throw in 100, you're playing with 2, throw in 200, you're playing with 4. Visit mybookie.ag today. That's M Y B O O K I E where my bookie, you play, you win. You get paid. And, uh, holy shit. Um, <laughs> it just, oh, what a mess this was. What an absolute mess. And it's, it, it's, it feels like the Green Bay game all over again. I mean, you know, the whole thing with Green Bay was we waited eight months for this. We made it eight months to watch the watch that. That's what we waited all this time for. All this anticipation, suffering through the preseason with a bunch of nobodies on the field, and and all the rest of that. This is what we waited for all this time, only on a much shorter scale. We waited two weeks for this team to see how they would respond to that loss to the Raiders in the UK before the bye. We waited two weeks. They're at home this time. You know, it, it's completely like it's it set itself up perfectly for the Bears to come out like gangbusters in the uh, you know yesterday against the Saints, and it just did not happen. So let's talk about where it all went wrong. It's the Week 7 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground, so let's get to it. Well, shave my head and call me baldy. That did happen yesterday. Didn't it, folks? It was, uh, <laughs> I don't really know how it could have gone any worse than it did, but uh, nonetheless, we had to sit there and endure it. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back the Week 7 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Uh, just a quick note, um, Ross Jackson from Locked on Saints will not be joining us uh, for the review episode as I had uh, promised uh, before. Uh, we weren't able to get together last night after uh, the game, and it turns out that today is Ross and his lady's anniversary, so I wasn't going to impose on that. But uh, and 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 it, and basically, it turns out to be a blessing, same as it was with the Packer game, where we were going to have the re- the guest on for the review. In uh, you know, I would have much rather had Q back on Q Myers back on after the Raiders loss. 
and and you know just because it was more of a contest even though the bears played poorly they battled back they made a football game out of it the bears were never in this one aside from those few moments where they held the they were after the cordero patterson kickoff return and the eddie panero field goal gave us that that lead um when we came in the second half that opening drive where the saints came back pounded it down our throat and made it 19 to 10 the game was pretty much over after that so it was uh after that it was it really wasn't a contest uh anymore more just a uh a, a live execution on our home field uh no less so the only thing frustrating more frustrating than the game itself was listening to trubisky and Nagy afterwards uh i will get to that later uh, I, I will save that for uh afterwards but let's go ahead and and dive right in here we got our first quarter uh knee-jerk reaction and it just didn't look good from the outset the defense looked ready to play and bottle up uh bridgewater and the saints but thanks to a mistake on special teams thanks to a fumble on offense the defense was put behind the eight ball they were they're they're staring down the barrel of a uh you know being behind against point, points that didn't really belong to them you know it's kind of like a, a relief pitcher coming in and having runs count against him that were on the pitcher that came before him uh kind of thing or it, it just it's not fair uh with the the anthony miller fumble in the first quarter you start at the 24 yard line there's only so much you can ask for uh there so but let's dive right in first quarter knee-jerk reaction it gets off to a bad start and you can already hear that i'm trying to stay optimistic but i'm already not liking what i'm seeing right off the bat knee-jerk reaction to the first quarter bears and saints and it's a it's a mixed bag on offense it looks like the same old bears off the bye week under matt Nagy. we're we're cold we're flat we've only tried to run the ball like twice and we've gotten like one yard and an anthony miller fumble out of it um in the preview uh, episode i mentioned that it probably will come down with the the two teams with with good defenses and and kind of shaky offenses or at least not explosive ones it would come down to who makes the fewest mistakes well the bears right off the bat make two they start with the football three and out no big surprise there block punt on pat o'donnell o'donnell makes a great play to save a touchdown by knocking the ball out of the end zone two nothing saints Later on, you heard me mention the Anthony Miller fumble gave the Saints the football at the Bear 24-yard line. A few plays later, Josh Hill touchdown from Teddy Bridgewater, 9-0. However, the other half of the mixed bag would, A, the defense is playing very well, but there's only so much you can expect of them when the football starts damn near in the red zone. So can't really fault them there. But special teams made up for the mistake they did on the, on the punt block by opening up lanes for Cordero Patterson, who took the ensuing kickoff after the 9 to nothing touchdown, 100 yards, pr- probably 100 yards plus. I haven't seen what the official number is, but he started with the ball in the end zone, broke one tackle, and then ran untouched the rest of the way. It's 9-7. to seven. The Bears have the football. Allen Robinson just made a fantastic catch. However, his feet were just a little too long as he got the one foot in and almost got the second, but came up short. So... I believe it's second down. I believe it'll be second down, but the Bears have the football. And we it's it's early, okay? It's still early. 
It's a one-score game. It's 9-7. to seven. There's no need to panic or anything. It's just that what we're seeing so far is more of the same. We're struggling to run the football. We're making mistakes when we try to get cute, like on the Anthony Miller jet sweep that was poorly blocked, and he fumbles. But we'll work on it. We got the football. The Bears are breaking the huddle right now, so let's see how this goes. Did you hear me try not to? You know, it's it's early. There's no reason to panic, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, that was a bit premature. Uh, even The second quarter wasn't much better. Uh, we were able to add a field goal, but the field goal drive was disappointing, man, because we, we actually were we, – it was probably the best drive of the day until our garbage touchdowns at the end of the football game. And Mitch uh, basically panics and gets himself sacked, uh, doesn't make the read, doesn't get rid of the football, takes an eight-yard loss, I believe, on first or second down, and it kills the drive and the Bears end up having to – uh, settle for uh, another field goal from Eddie Pinero, 46 yards out. That guy's just been money so far this year. I talk about him in the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction. I guess it was more of a <laughs> more of a trying to shed a positive light on something going on uh, yesterday. But, uh, you know, the Cordell Patterson uh, kickoff return was a thing of beauty. Um, some people are a fan of that, that whole, you know, above-the-field camera thing it doesn't really show you the field opening up uh, or, or anything i just i didn't prefer that angle I, I i always prefer the the camera one from the the sideline you can really see things open up and 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 watch him you know work his way up the field and down and so on and so forth but regardless it was an exciting highlight uh the guy definitely uh did his job 102 yards is the was the official uh, number he was in the end zone he was two yards deep the first kickoff return for a touchdown in soldier field since devin hester did it in 2011 that's a long time <laughs> and uh, i think it said the first kickoff return for a touchdown for the bears period since chris williams whoever the hell that is i know it's not the offensive tackle we drafted in the first round back in 2008 i know that's not him but apparently we had a receiver slash kick returner in 2014 named Chris Williams. Shows how much I really want to look back on that 2014 season. Was half of the offense that we generated in that super fun 55-14 to loss to the Packers. Remember that one coming off the bye after we just got our asses handed to us by the Patriots going into the bye? And we got two weeks to get ready for Green Bay on national TV. It's 42 to nothing at halftime en route to a 55-14 to slaughter on national TV. That was so much fun, you guys. Uh, so apparently that's the last time we ran a kickoff back for a touchdown. Cordell Patterson breaks the streak uh, for the Bears. And it's ironic because it was week seven of last season as well, same end zone, where Cordell Patterson ran the kickoff back against the Bears for the Patriots, which was kind of, uh, you know, I think that came before. Did the punt block come after? Because week seven at home apparently just is just fucking sucks for the Bears. Second year in a row we get a punt block, but at least this time it was a safety instead of a touchdown. And uh, this time we actually had a kickoff go for us instead of against us uh, this time. But the the other special teams snafu, which I I, I later found out when I was recording or putting the laying down the knee jerk reactions to be part of the show. Uh, I didn't mention that Pat O'Donnell had a second punt blocked 
uh, on the afternoon. This one is, was tipped, grazed, uh, if you will, not flat out, just bla- you know, blasted like the first one was. But he got two punts blocked yesterday. So, yeah, so much for making up for that uh, blunder with the touchdown. They ended up canceling it out by letting another punt get blocked this uh, yesterday. So I don't know what it is about us week seven at home and special teams just not working out, but at least Eddie Pinero uh, did his thing. And then um, onside kicks at the end of the game, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I said, trying to look through rose colored glasses uh, here, but uh, the second quarter, it's, it's still a competitive game, but you know, as you hear me say, it should have been a whole lot worse than the two-point deficit that the Bears were lucky enough to have to carry into the uh, into the half. I mean, we're only down two points, but it should have been a lot worse based on what was actually going on out there. Knee-jerk reaction, second quarter, Bears and Saints, and offensively, it is just ugly out there. We've uh, completely abandoned the running game. It's like Green Bay all over again. I it's a one-score game. It has been a one-score game pretty much throughout. Ever since Cordell Patterson ran the kickoff back, it's been a one-score game. And for some reason, we've completely abandoned the run. Uh, we have 11 yards rushing, I think maybe on four or five attempts at the most. Uh, Mitch is throwing the ball all over the place. Uh, and inaccurately, as as would be his reputation... You know, he's missed two wide-open receivers today on third down. In the first quarter, he missed a wide-open Taylor Gabriel. In the second quarter, a, I mean, and here's the thing. There, he missed Anthony Miller, and he used to do that all the time last year in 2018. But, I mean, it could have been a huge play if he hits Miller. If he puts that where it needs to be, it's a huge play. And But he over, overthrows uh, Miller by a good 5 to 10 yards, and the Bears have to end up uh punting we're not moving the football and it's uh you know it's we're lucky to be where we're at quite frankly because it feels like the saints are settling in on offense they're finding the soft spots in the zone they're able to move the chains and 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 get things going it's 12 to 10 eddie panero added a field goal in the second uh quarter uh the bears were had a nice little drive going on and then for some reason uh, you know, or not for some reason, but we, you know, we give up an eight yard sack on uh first down then it's second and 18 it's third and 18 and, and, and what have you. And Panero kicks it in from 46, gave the bears a temporary 10 to nine lead. The saints came charging back, run it back down the field and kick it field goal, make it 12 to 10. Uh, it could be worse. Actually, it could be a lot worse to be honest with you. Will Lutz missed the field goal. The first one in like they kept going on and on about it. he's made 30-plus kicks in a row. He finally misses one. And then just before the half, the Bears punt the ball away, and the punt is run back for a touchdown, but the Saints get called for holding. So that negates the touchdown. So if everything goes right for New Orleans, it's 22-10 to 10 right now instead of 12-10. to 10. The Saints start with the football. Unless we make some drastic adjustments on offense, we simply do not have it to beat the Saints today on offense. So we're going to need either some more things on special teams or we're going to need the defense to step up and put some points on the board because nothing that we've done on offense says that we're going to come out and put two or three scoring drives 
uh, on the board uh, offensively. I just don't see it. Okay, Mitch is, he's not playing well. We're not running the football. It's its the same old, same old. This does not look like a team that's had two weeks to get ready for this game. They just don't. So I don't understand what's going on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's anemic on offense. And in a defensive struggle where points are at a premium, it's not going to take much to win this game. It really won't. But I don't see the offense doing enough to win at this point. So it's going to be up to special teams or it's going to be up to the defense to generate their own points. <laughs> oh, if only that actually happened. If only that were possible uh, in this football game. But, I mean, we found out right off the bat in the second half just what, the, just what we had in store for us uh, uh, coming ahead. You heard me kind of foreshadow the second half there. Uh, when I said it, it really looks like the, the Saints offense is settling in. They were starting to get some big chunks in the passing game. Uh, things were starting to loosen up for them uh, on offense. Latavius Murray was starting to get going uh, on the ground. He did most of his damage in the second half, uh, unlike Josh Jacobs getting going from the very start. He had 100 yards at halftime uh, last week and kind of slowed down as the game went along. Latavius Murray seemed to get stronger as the game went along, and that uh, was the fault of the offense. That absolutely was. Uh, we, like you heard me say, in the second quarter, in a one-score game where we had the lead for a bit, we completely banned in the fucking running game. I, I don't know what the hell Matt Nagy is doing. And then hearing his press conference earlier today while I was at work, I almost destroyed my computer at my desktop listening to some of the shit that he was saying. Like I said, I'm going to save that for, for later on when we get done with the knee-jerk reactions uh, and everything. Trust me, I have plenty to say about it, and it's the reason why we've got the explicit tag, and I'm kind of warming up to it right now. But it's just <laughs> we completely abandoned the run. It's a one-score game, and Nagy's got the, the Mike Martz mentality where, if it, where one play, one running play doesn't work, fuck it, we're passing it the rest of the game. That's exactly what he did. That is what he did. We went into the half. We ran 28 plays at the half. And, and going back and looking at the game, I'm astounded that it was that many. 28 plays at the half, 23 passes, 5 runs, 11 yards. And this coming from a guy that said all week leading into this ball game, we need to get better running the football. And because we weren't better instantly, because we weren't running for, for 28 yards of carry initially, now let's go back to running and, and or let's go back to passing it uh, on every down. Let's have who let's have Mitch whose confidence is shaken right now. Let's have him throw 50 fucking passes in the game. That's a brilliant idea. Brilliant. Brilliant idea. Anyway, the third quarter starts and as I said before, I kind of foreshadowed the the second half by saying the Saints were were settling in on offense because they were starting to make gains. Uh, against the defense it happened right away the opening drive of the third quarter they ran it right down the field and put it in the end zone for a touchdown I mean just an impressive an impressive drive that made it 19 to 10 and you know how I, I like to say it guys that nine point lead might as well have been 900 points with the way our offense was playing up to that point and then the only thing worse than having our defense give up a long scoring drive to start the second half was our offense shit in the bed and going three and out immediately after that. So that's the stage that's been set going into the third quarter. Here's the knee-jerk reaction where 
after the second quarter, I was half optimistic, half pissed off. There's no way I don't see how we're going to win this to this. <laughs> New York reaction, Bears-Saints after the third quarter, and it's gone from bad to worse. The offense is a uh, practice or exercise in futility. Uh, we finished the third quarter with a total of 83 yards on offense. Uh, the only touchdown we've scored was on special teams, thanks to uh, Cordero Patterson. And we got nothing. And the worst part is the fact that the Bears' defense has been out on the field for 75 to 80% of this game is taking its toll. Because now the Saints are imposing their will in the running game and pushing the defensive line all over the place. Latavius Murray is looking like he's 10 years younger uh, out there. They, they just got nothing. They got no juice. The air has been sucked out of the stadium. And it's 26 to 10 now. You know, the Saints have put two more touchdowns on the board. Our offense is three and out, three and out, three and out, and looking worse every single time they take the field. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a mess. Uh, we are going to be the worst three and three football team uh, in the NFL. And it's, it's just, it's bad. It is so bad right now. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's, uh, it's only 15 minutes away from being over. Uh, it's not impossible for us to come back. I'll be crossing my fingers and toes, hoping that it will change. But until it does, um, yeah, nothing. I mean, like I said before, going into halftime, nothing about what we've been doing on offense says that we're capable of, of doing anything. Because if Mitch isn't throwing to Allen Robinson, he's off target, sailing it over somebody's head, throwing it wide, what have you. Uh, David Montgomery finally got to run the ball for only the second time in the football game, and he actually had a lane to the outside and gets a f and fumbles it after about a four-yard gain. The Saints turn that into a touchdown uh, and so on. So, I mean, the Saints are imposing their will. And the funny thing is, like I said before halftime, it's 26-10 to 10 now. It should be worse. Will Lutz has missed two field goals now, and they had that punt return call back. So that's, what, 13? More points, so it's 26 to 10. It should be 39 to 10. We should talk about the Bears trying to make this salvageable, but instead it's only a 16-point uh, lead that the Saints have, and they're in the red zone again. So it's it's very close to getting much, much worse than it already is. So not quite the doom and gloom that I had going into halftime uh, against the Raiders where I just said, fuck it, we're losing the game, that there's just no way we're winning. Uh, we're, we're, we're absolute dog shit today. I don't know what's going on. If it's jet lag or matchups or whatever the case may be, we're just getting our asses kicked out there. Um, that's very much how I was feeling, but I don't know. I don't know if I was just trying to put a happy face on it or trying not to be that guy again. Remember I gave myself a bear down, uh, you know, because of my, my attitude, uh, and everything it's just that we didn't have that fantastic third quarter against the Saints that we had uh, against the Raiders where we made it a ball game again and we showed that we weren't going to go down easy we fought our way to the end uh, even though we lost against the Raiders we it was more like watching the 2018 Bears where we fought back and it was it went down to the wire uh, kind of thing this was like watching 2014 uh, this was like watching the 2014 Bears, just watching them die a slow, painful death. Uh, you know, virtually on national TV, it was Fox's game of the week 
So Troy Aikman, and thank God it was Tom Brenneman instead of Joe Buck, somebody else who still hates Chicago, but nonetheless who tends to give us a bit of a more fair shake than Joe Buck can at times. He would just spend the time blowing Drew Brees. But, uh, you know, thankfully he wasn't out there, so we didn't have to listen to that. But, um, you know, it just it was it was bad. It was so bad. And like I said, so frustrating. The defense gives up that long drive going into the, you know, coming out of the half. And then on like the first second play of our first offensive drive, David Montgomery fumbles and that becomes another touchdown. So three turnovers by the Bears in the football game resulting in 16 points for the the Saints. And then, as you heard me say, in in the second quarter knee-jerk reaction and the third, we were fortunate for it to be where it was because it should be worse. A penalty flag this way, a couple of Will Lutz missed field goals, and it's a thirteen. It's thir- thirteen points more. It's thirty nine uh, to ten going into the fourth quarter instead of just twenty six. Uh, it, it should have been so much worse than it was. And and I put the tweet out there. I even said so on the preview show that with the way that the Bears' schedule was shaping up, yes, it's daunting. Yes, it it looks tough. But every one of those teams that's on our schedule has looked human, including this team that we played yesterday, including the Saints that barely got past the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, last week. It was more about us beating ourselves than our opponents beating us. Well, in the first half, we beat ourselves. And then in the third quarter, we came out and we did something to shoot ourselves in the foot again. And then the Saints started beating us. That's when it really started to begin. Like that, it, it. I really hadn't, you know, I wasn't happy after the the Saints scored that touchdown to start the third quarter. It wasn't all doom and gloom. This is over with, and or anything like that, because we hadn't seen the offense and how they were going to respond. But after David Montgomery fumbled and the Saints turned that into another touchdown, that's where I was like, okay, so that's how this game is going to go. We're just we're just going to keep giving the Saints more and more opportunities to to you know let this game get away from us, and that's exactly what happened fourth quarter was more of the same we made a mad dash towards the end we got a few onside kicks to make it look much more of a football game than it actually was but as you'll hear me say it's the last thing i say in this fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction don't let the final score fool you the game was never that close (laughs) knee-jerk reaction to the bears and the saints in the fourth quarter and don't let the final score fool you this was a blowout it was nowhere near as close as the 11-point deficit would allow you to believe. The Bears rattled off two garbage touchdowns at the end of the game to narrow the gap. Um, they had a, they, they almost had a chance to make it even smaller because the Bears recovered two onside kicks. The second one was ruled um, in the Saints' favor because uh, Ben Broniker, who recovered the kick, had stepped out of bounds and didn't reestablish himself on the field before recovering the kick. So the ball was given to the Saints, and that was uh, the end of the game. But, uh, you know, Eddie Pinero's 100% on two-point conversions is pretty awesome. He's got to be the MVP of the team. I mean, who would be – who else could, you know, campaign for that right? Who else hasn't been a major disappointment uh, this season? He's only missed one field goal, a meaningless one in the Washington game. He's hit every meaningful kick that we've needed him to hit. He's hit all the extra points, and he's basically perfect on onside kicks. 
That guy's doing everything we need him to and then some. Speaking of which, I got to be honest. All due respect to the Saints offensive line, and they've got a good offensive line. They've been keeping Drew Brees healthy all these years. But they can thank their thank our offense for their offensive line's ability to push our defense around because the time of possession in this football game has got to be 2-1 to one at least in favor of the Saints, which means that the Bears' defense spent, and I said this earlier, spent a great majority of, the t- of this game on the field getting slowly but surely worn down because that's what happens when your offense can't keep you off of the field. Um, you know, don't let the stats fool you. Mitch threw for like 250 and two touchdowns, no interceptions. That looks like a good day. Statistically, he may have made some fantasy owners happy uh, with his two touchdown passes there in the fourth quarter. But other than that, he did nothing for the Bears today. We, I don't know how many times we ran the ball. I think I'd still have fingers left over if I tried to count it. Uh, I just saw a stat on Twitter that said Tariq Cohen caught nine passes for 19 yards. How do you do that? How do you catch nine passes for 19 yards? I don't understand. So, <laughs> it's like, I don't know where to go from here. I, honestly, I don't. It's become comical to me at this point. You know, the the offensive line, uh, well, I, actually, I can't really fault them for the run blocking because we didn't run the ball enough to try to get anything going there. But they showed up as far as pass blocking uh, for the most part. And Cam Jordan had a call. I think we gave up two, three Sacks, that's not a horrible day. You know, they seem to either step up or, you know, uh, rise up or, or, you know, to our play up or play down to the competition. You know, we play up to the teams with the with the elite pass rushers and for the most part kind of bottle them up or silence them. And then all of a sudden when we play a bunch of nobodies, they're, you know, all of a sudden they're getting through and they're sacking the quarterback and all kinds of pressures and so on and so forth. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. I it's you know, you you want to say, "Okay, we'll just put Chase Daniel back in or the Bears should trade for somebody with what? What do we trade with? What, you know, hopes and dreams?" But, you know, I don't know. The trade deadline is coming up. Maybe the Bears make some kind of move. I mean, maybe at this point we're sellers. You know, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. But uh all I know is that uh we got whooped today. It was 36 to 10 before the Bears offense got a couple of garbage touchdowns in there. That's the more accurate description of how this game went, not the 36-25 final score. Well, apparently it was the first and last thing that I said in that fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction. Don't let the final score uh, fool you. It's not an accurate depiction of how the game actually went. And just to continue to beat a dead horse here, it should have been worse. 36 to 25, it should have been 49 the 25, the points that the Saints left on the field. You can't say that about the Bears. You really can't. Uh, aside from that one play to Anthony Miller, where it I don't, it could have been, at the very least, it could have been a huge play or it could have been a touchdown. Who knows? Anthony Miller gets off to the races. Who knows if they'd have been able to, to catch him, that throw in the second quarter. And here's what pisses me off about that play, is to hear Mitch and Nagy talk about that play. They put it on Anthony Miller saying that he should have been going to the outside, one of the two. Uh, he did the opposite of what, they, what he was supposed to do. 
here's what I say. How about you just throw the fucking ball to where he is? How about that? Instead of where you expect him to be, how about you adjust and look at to where your receiver's going and throw it there? How about that? I mean, even though you sailed at 20 yards over his fucking head, how about throwing it to the inside where he was headed or the outside, whichever one. I was like, I would keep mixing it up. But nonetheless, both Nagy and Mitch are kind of rigid in the fact that apparently he was supposed to be heading to the outside and he cut it to the inside. And so even if even if Mitch had put it where it was supposed to be, Anthony Miller wouldn't have been there. He would have been running to the inside instead of the outside, and it still wouldn't have been a fucking completion. That's basically what they're saying. Anthony Miller made the mistake, therefore it was dead in the water from the beginning. (laughs) How about you just make the adjustment and throw it to where the fucking guy's going? How about that? That's what I would like to hear. You know, it just, it sounds like they're trying to fit this offense into a certain particular mold. And if anybody goes outside of that mold, then then the offense is lost. Then we're fucking up and it's, you know, how about it's, it's just, we see quarterbacks do it all the time. They adjust, you know, like on, the, on those, uh, you know, those jailbreak plays, you know, we're just, all of a sudden it becomes backyard football and you got to figure something out and a guy moves around. Oh, here he goes. Boom. He's headed that way. I'm going to hit him there. A kind of thing. Anthony Miller saw something, cut it to the inside and he was open. He was open. And instead he made the mistake somehow because he was supposed to go outside instead of inside when ultimately it didn't matter because you threw it over his fucking head anyway. It just it, it just irritates me to hear the two of them talk about how it was Anthony Miller's mistake instead of being a shit throw from Mitch. So, but I mean, it, it was filled with things like that, with moments like that and just one decision after another that you can't quite wrap your fucking head around. I just don't understand what was going on uh, yesterday. This, you know, I mentioned, I think, in the second quarter, knee-jerk reaction. This does not look like a football team that's had two weeks to get ready for this game you know this is what a team looks like when they're uh you know when they're playing on thursday night after just playing on sunday it just you know you 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 don't quite look like you're there there's some cobwebs still in there and uh and whatnot you're not fully rested or in and whatnot but you got to play so here we go kind of thing not like a football team that had five or six days off and then had a couple of extra days to get ready for this home game uh against the team coming off a tough road win uh, from a week ago so it just and then, and then they really took it to us they really kicked our ass yesterday which was the most demoralizing part just watching them stick it to us in the second half is like so much for the for the the cardiac bears if you will that fight to the end or uh you know always go down swinging they're always uh you know a point or two uh you know a player two away from victory in the games that they lost and you know, I, I know that I've said before, uh, I think going into the Raiders game or something like that, uh, you know, the great thing, the, the, the six in one hand, half a dozen in the other with the way that the Bears have lost games during the Nagy era is that it's fun being into the game until the very end, but it's heartbreaking to lose and then only having, then, you know, saying if the ball bounces this way or that way, we should have won the game, uh, blah, blah, blah. Hindsight says it was much easier to swallow watching the Bears just lose yesterday as opposed to having something go sideways on them like it did in the Raiders game with that stupid running into the punter uh, penalty that kind of set things in motion for the Raiders to polish us off, uh, you know, in week five. 
But, you know, it, it just it sucks watching the team get their ass kicked like that, especially when you know. You know, top to bottom, that roster, talent-wise, is way better. It's way better. And that's why so many Bear fans, including myself, are so fucking pissed right now. This is essentially the same group of guys that that damn near, you know, that would have gone on a serious Super Bowl run last year had it not been for that loss to Philly in the wild card round, which is what makes it extremely dangerous for Cody Parkey to ever get close to Chicago ever again because that guy really sunk the best chance that we had, you know. We, we should have been the team last year trying to take down the Patriots in the Super Bowl in that rematch to see if we could have bested them and made good on what we almost did uh, in week seven of last season. But instead, we're sitting back watching the Rams choke their ass uh, against the against the Patriots in that game. So it just uh, that, that's what makes eight, 2018 hurt even more is watching the way that we're squandering 2019, this season that everyone, including myself, was so excited about, even from the start of last year. I was really looking forward to this season and what this team could do year two in the offense, full off seasons for everyone. You guys have heard me say it a thousand times. It just it just felt like this was going to be the year, and uh, it, it doesn't look like it. It really doesn't. Like This team would be hard-pressed to make the playoffs, not only with the way that they've been playing, but how everyone else around us is playing right now. Everyone in the NFC West now, the, the Cardinals are a 500 football team. The, 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 the 49ers are undefeated. The, the Seahawks are 5-2. and two. The Rams are 4-3. and three. They won again uh, yesterday. And never mind the North. The, the Vikings are 5-2. and two. The Packers are 6-1. and one. I mean... <laughs> We've got an uphill battle, man. We've really got a lot of ground to cover in these last 10 games. And the way that we've been playing, I don't know that we have the ammunition to pull it off. We know we have the talent, but do we actually have it in us to pull it off? What needs to happen for this team to pull their head out of their ass and start playing football that even remotely looks like it did last year? I mean, the, the offense wasn't world beaters last year they had one outstanding day against tampa bay and then a few weeks later they lit the scoreboard up against the lions but other than that this was a team that averaged what 19 20 points a game last year but with our all-star offense or excuse me all-star defense that was more than we needed more times than not you know this was a defense that was scoring its own points something that isn't happening this year Something that we weren't able to do yesterday to even the odds uh, against New Orleans. We got one sack on Bridgewater, and we really didn't pressure him either way, which is what's really kind of irritating me about the defense because, you know, it just isn't happening. You know, the Saints and the Raiders both did a great job of isolating uh, Khalil Mack, and nobody else is stepping up around him. And Teddy Bridgewater at points yesterday had five, six, seven, eight seconds back in the pocket to just sit there and try to find an open receiver. It's not like it was a few weeks ago against the Raiders where, where Derek Carr, where they were scheming Mac out of the game. They were double teaming him. They were, you know, uh, bootlegging away from him. The ball was coming out in under two seconds, that kind of thing. The Raiders did everything they could to neutralize Cleo Mack. The Saints, on the other hand, put a couple of bodies on him and basically dared the rest of the defense to step up, and nobody did. That's what really, really sucked yesterday, is that we know, we know 
that people are going to focus on Khalil Mack. Our opponents know that Mitch is looking for Allen Robinson, which should open it up for other guys like Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, Javon Wims, Trey Burton, Adam Adam Shaheen, for all those guys to step up in the passing game. And yet, for, you know, uh, what, five times in six games, Allen Robinson, 10 catches, 87 yards, and a touchdown. He's on pace for almost 1,300 yards, and Mitch is going to finish the season with like 1,410 based on the way that he's throwing the football right now. You know, he's going to be lucky to crack 2,000, but 80% of his output is going to be going to Allen Robinson because that's the only guy that he's completing passes to. So I don't know if it's only because he's only looking at Allen Robinson or because nobody else is stepping up and getting open because it just seems like there's a tight window every time we throw the ball to Allen Robinson. And, you know, it was like nobody else is, is open or nobody else is getting a shot. So I don't know if it's Jay Cutler disease like it was when we had Brandon Marshall that first year and it's only Brandon Marshall he's looking at and, and that's where the football's always going. Or if it's just, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. But uh, nonetheless, the nightmare is over. We move on to the next one. Not the next nightmare, the next game. We got the Chargers, who thankfully are terrible uh, this year. Uh, you know, we thought this uh, this three-game stretch to, to, to kick things off after the bye was going to be daunting. Uh, I think we just got through the toughest game. I think we did. Uh, you know, the Saints was going to be a tough matchup regardless of who actually took the field against us because they have a solid defense. We found out the hard way about that yesterday. Uh, they have tools on offense despite the fact that their two best tools were out of the game yesterday in Breeze and Kamara. Uh, you know, they're deep. They're, this is a Super Bowl team. This, this is actually a team that should have gone to the Super Bowl last year if not for that terrible pass interference blown call, uh, you know, last year. So, I mean, this is a team that probably could have won the Super Bowl if they played the Patriots, or at the very least they would have made it a hell of a lot more of an interesting game than the Rams did, that's for sure. But, um, you know, and they're, they look poised to make another run. They're almost halfway through their schedule, and they've only got one loss on the books. And, you know, Drew Brees is coming back. He's coming back. So it can only get better from here once their field general is back on the field again. So insane what the saints are but the chargers are two and five and uh you know they were a couple of missed field goals week one against the colts and by missed field goals i mean madam vinatieri missed field goals that would have won indianapolis the game they're a couple of those field goals away from being a one win team coming into this game on sunday the chargers are not good they're actually the afc version of the bears because they went 12 and 4 last year they took their best shot into the playoffs and they got hit in the mouth against the the Patriots. They should have, you know, I don't know what the hell happened to them against the Patriots. They got rolled against New England last year. But that was their best chance to make a mark, just like last year appears to have been our best chance uh, to do something. And here we are, 3-3 three and three versus 2-5 and five going into this, into this ball game. And uh, I don't know, we'll see what, what we can expect. Uh, uh, from this one but uh, you know that's putting the cart before uh, the horse anyway anyway so anyway that's going to do it for the review uh, of the game itself what do you say we go ahead and wrap this thing up with uh, with my final thoughts and bear up bear down
remember, guys, promo code SHARE to double your first deposit with mybookie.ag. M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G, where you play, you win, you get paid. And uh, final thoughts before we jump into um, Bear Up and Bear Down to close out the show. And, uh, you know, guys, it's just... Uh, for those of you who saw my post on Facebook, I said, and I meant it, initially, I wasn't planning on using the explicit tag for this episode. I'd, I'd kind of wrapped my head around what happened. Frustrating as it was, you know, it, we just, we didn't play well. Whatever fixes we thought we had put in uh, before this game didn't quite, you know, the other thing is we still don't know if our running game woes have been corrected because we only ran the ball seven times. You heard me mention that, I, you know, I think we, I might have fingers left over. I was kidding. And turns out that's the fucking truth. We ran the ball seven times. Seven times. That is a franchise low. And are you fucking kidding me? 100 years this team has been playing football. That's the first time, or that's the least amount of times we've run the ball in a single game in our 100-year history. That is disgusting. And then, and then, just to kind of twist the knife in a little bit more, apparently it was Walter Payton bobblehead day at Soldier Field. The first 20,000 people in the stadium got a Walter Payton bobblehead doll. And uh, on on the commemorative day for the greatest running back of all time, we ran the ball seven times in the entire 60 minutes of yesterday's ball game. That was the first thing that irritated the piss out of me was finding out that we literally ran it seven times. The other thing that really pissed me off, and as I was saying, I wasn't planning on using the explicit tag, but then I listened to the Hogan John's uh, podcast, beat writers, one for the athletic, the other for the Sun-Times in Chicago. And they played extensive clips or nice long clips of Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky's press conferences after the game on Sunday. And it was after listening to those interviews that – I, like I said before, I, I was ready to beat the unholy shit out of my computer at my desk at work today and that I was t- figured that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get through the episode without swearing like viciously in this in this episode because I just after hearing those two guys talk, uh, I was I was out of my mind. Uh, Matt Nagy. Well, well, let's talk about Mitch first, because that's what really set me off. And I, we listened to him second. But it's like listening to Matt Nagy was irritating. It was under, but I was under, but I could understand where a coach was coming from. But then listening to Mitch, that's what really set me off because Mitch said the magic words. And those magic words were from the, from our good old favorite coach of all time, Mark Tressman. We had a good week of practice. I'm not sure what happened out there. Now that's not, I'm paraphrasing, but he did mention having a good week of practice and, you know, he did allude to not knowing where things went wrong or not knowing why it didn't translate onto the field. Tressman said that shit all the time, and it became a bigger, bigger joke the more it got, the more he said it week in and week out uh, in, in 2014, which was the death knell for, 
for him. He had a promising year in 2013, almost won a division title, and we thought that you know we're going to be better in 2014. We we added some pieces to the defense, which was historically bad in 2013. We got everybody coming back from that offense that just lit the NFL up, and none of it worked out. We we went from having the worst run defense in 2013 to having the worst pass defense in 2014. Mel Tucker fucking sucked as a DC. He's a head coach for somebody now. A major college program. I think he's in Colorado or something like that. Damning the Buffaloes into damnation. But um you know, but it's just, you know, Tressman used to say that week in and week out. We had a great week of practice. I'm not sure what went wrong. I'm not sure why it isn't translating on to the field. <laughs> That's what made me lose it. It's like I th- I thought these days were behind us. That's what that's what pissed me off. I thought this was over with, you know. And I know that we had to endure Fox and 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 logins and and everything for a couple of years before we got to Nagy uh, and company. But I thought those that we were far beyond those days of not having any answer for why it's going wrong. And I know it's not just you know the easiest thing in the world to figure out. But did you have to choose? Those exact words, did you really have to bring back those those feelings of that fucking idiot Tressman and, you know, just sitting there? You're the head coach. You're the main guy, and you have no idea why it's going off the rails? Then what hope do we have? And we had none in 2014, and we got rid of him, thank God. But Mitch is out there. This is our starting quarterback. This is our field general, the guy that's supposed to be leading the rest of the troops on the offense, and he has no clue what's going wrong. He, 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 we have no identity, no shit, you know, and that's where I get pissed off with Nagy is that, like I said, when I heard his comments first, I kind of understood where he was coming from. He sounded frustrated. He wasn't like short with the media or anything, but you could just tell he's not happy with the way the team uh, is performing. But he said something that kind of that reeks of an arrogance that Matt Nagy hasn't earned yet. You know, he, he said when, when they, they asked him about running the football, he talked about it in the first half. I, we ran the ball five times in the first half, which means we only ran it twice in the second half. And, you know, he justified it by saying that basically in that, that minuscule sample size, we didn't produce anything, but we were able to move the, move the football passing it. So I don't care. I'll throw it, and I quote, I'll throw it 60 times a game if that's what's going to move the ball. <sighs> it's like living that Mike Martz n- nightmare all over again where we're wasting David Montgomery, or in, in that case with Mike Martz, we're wasting Matt Forte. We got one of the better running backs in the league with Forte, and he was wasted because we weren't getting nine yards a clip. It's like some... Some you know some petulant teenager trying to play Madden, getting pissed off that he's not getting twenty five yards a carry playing the video game. So he's like, "Fuck this game! I'm just gonna throw it. It's easier to move the ball that way, anyhow." And that's basically what Maggie Nagy is saying that because we aren't rattling off twelve yards a carry, uh, you know, on every single carry, which nobody does, by the way, then then you know, in in the three carries that we had in the first quarter. We had zero gain. We had minus one on the fumble from uh, Anthony Miller and a two-yard run, I think, to Montgomery or something like that. So that that those three plays 
say that the running game as a whole is not going to work. Therefore, for the rest of the for the rest of the fucking half, we're going to pass the ball. Yeah, sounds good. And it, it just gave the Saints, who have an outstanding defense, carte blanche to pin their ears back and come after Mitch. And we all know how well he handles the pressure. You know, I don't know what's going on with this kid. He doesn't step up in the pocket anymore. He doesn't break the pocket and run anymore. It just, I don't know what happened to him. This is a guy, like, we had one of the better rushing attacks in the league last year or a top top third rushing attack last year because of the yards that Mitch was adding to the rush total. Because he would have 30, 40, 50 yards a game because he was scrambling and getting us first downs. It's almost like he refuses to do that now. You know, like, I don't know if it was beaten into his head into the offseason where Maggie's like, stay in the pocket, stay in the pocket, stay in the pocket, and throw the ball. Stay in the pocket and throw the ball instead of one, two, nothing's there, run, which is what Nick, which is what uh, Mitch did. Hell, it almost won us the game against the Patriots last season when, when, uh, when he was doing that. I don't know if it's been beaten out of his head that he's not allowed to do that anymore and they're encouraging him to stay in the pocket and find uh, an open receiver. I don't know. But he's not the same player that he was a year ago. He is regressing in a big, big way, and it's killing us right now. It absolutely is. And it's only a matter of time before it starts to divide the locker room. And some people are out there saying that's exactly what's already happening. Like, the, you know, the part, of the, part of the contribution to the way the defense is playing is knowing that the offense isn't helping them. And that's, that's bringing the morale of the defense down which is bringing their performance down along with the fact that they're out there for, you know, 20 more plays than the offense is because the offense can't stay on the field. It's, it's just, you know, pick your poison. Who knows if that's true with the whole morale thing with the defense, but it's not a far fetched idea. It's not crazy to think that the, you know, the defense has no faith in the offense so what are we out here doing you know or it's 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 not a far-fetched idea that they really miss Akeem Hicks not only on the field but you know off the field uh as well I mean it's not like he's a he's not allowed around the facility uh, or anything but I didn't see him on the sidelines or at least they didn't show him uh anyway so I don't know I don't know we all know what a vocal and and, and energetic guy uh Akeem Hicks is and maybe that's what's missing from the sideline or something. I don't know. But the defense isn't playing with the same gusto. They're not creating the same opportunities for themselves and for the offense like they did uh, last year where they're racking up the uh, the turnovers uh, and everything, getting after the quarterback. But, you know, the, the offense is the reason that the defense is suffering. The offense is the reason the defense is faltering uh, right now. They're 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 taking their lumps because they're out there too long. They're not getting the proper rest. They're not getting the time off the field to make adjustments. Quite frankly, you know, you come back out there and it's three plays. Boom, you're out. You barely had time to sip your Gatorade and sit down. You're already getting back out on the uh, the field. Never mind what they did on the last drive. The next one's already coming. So it's just uh, it's a mess. It's a mess out there and. I don't know what we can do to to solve it. I mean, I, but it's not my job to figure it out either. You know, it is the job of Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace and Pagano and the Brain Trust out there to get something 
going to repair this. And here's the good news. We're three and three and we look terrible right now. The sky is definitely falling in Chicago, but the season's not over yet. We still have 10 ball games to go. And I know that we're that that a we're in the exact same spot that we were a year ago. And but B, we look nothing like that team from a year ago. After a week seven loss to the Patriots at home, there was optimism after that loss because we hung with the Patriots. If not for two special teams gaffes, we probably beat the Patriots last year, you know. But the one fortunate thing that we have is we got a quote-unquote cupcake get-back game coming this Sunday against the Chargers. We should beat this team. With the way that they're playing right now, even though we're not playing much better, we're at home. It's a noon game, which is tantamount to a game starting at 10 a.m. for the Chargers. West Coast teams struggle in these, in these situations. And like I said, the Chargers are not playing. They had like three shots from the goal line to win the game against the Titans yesterday. They got shut down. Melvin Gordon fumbles the ball to lose the, and, and end the game uh, yesterday. It was a disaster uh, for them. So, I mean, we were, we're, we're not playing well. We're not playing, but they're actually playing worse uh, than us. They're fortunate to have the record that they have, which, uh, you know, is two and five uh, at the moment. So we'll have our guest on us uh, on Wednesday, Thursday, excuse me, um, or Friday, actually. That's when the show comes out. But uh, Jason uh, Hirschhorn uh, from, uh, oh, where is he from? Damn it. I'm sorry, guys. I forgot his I forgot his credentials, Um, but he was actually going to be the guy that replaced Evan Western for the Packer game. But he actually he's a Packer fan, but he's a beat writer for the Chargers. So he's going to come on to help us preview the game uh, for the Chargers. And we'll talk about where this team is at. They actually just lost one of their starting offensive linemen in Forrest Lamp uh, for the year with a broken ankle. So that's another hole uh, on that team that needs to be filled. But um yeah, Jason Hirschhorn is his name. I, I believe it's NBC Sports that he's with, if I'm not mistaken. But I'll I'll get that all squared away for you guys when we talk to him uh, later on this week and we have him on for the uh, preview show. Um, what else? Oh yeah, bear up and bear down. Uh, yeah, let's just keep this short and sweet here. Uh, bear up to the only two guys that were actually uh, giving us a solid effort yesterday. Uh, bear up to Allen Robinson, 10 catches, 87 yards, and a touchdown. Granted, a garbage TD, but a touchdown nonetheless. And bear up to Cordell Patterson. Uh, not only did he run a kickback for a touchdown uh, yesterday, which was all of our offense going into the fourth quarter, uh, he was also pretty damn good on special teams yesterday, made some tackles, recovered the first onside kick uh, that led to the second garbage touchdown uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, there, the guy did everything he could to, to put us in a good spot uh, yesterday. So those are th- that's it. The two bear ups: Allen Robinson, Cordell Patterson, everyone else. Not happy with. I mean, maybe an honorary bear up to Rashad Coward, and uh, you know the offensive line did well in pass blocking yesterday. And it's an incomplete grade on the run blocking. We only ran it seven times. I'm not going to give them a pass fail grade on seven rushing attempts. I'm just not going to do it. You know, I know that we only produced 17 yards in those seven attempts, but it was only seven. For, we should seven rushing attempts in the first quarter, not in the entire fucking game. Give me a break. 
which leads us to our bear downs. Matt Nagy, bear down. Seven rushing attempts on Walter Payton bobblehead day. How dare you? Honestly, how dare you? Seven rushing attempts on Walter Payton bobblehead day. Go fuck yourself. Jesus Christ, man. Give me a fucking... It's, and for someone who preached all week long, we need to run the football better, we need to run the football better, we need to run football better. First handoff, no gain. Fuck it, we're not running it anymore. We're, we, maybe we might run it every now and then. And then, of course, the next rushing attempt is one of those stupid-ass jet sweeps that he loves so much that almost never work because people see it coming. Everyone's always on the outside waiting for us. I mean, I watched the, the Patriots earlier tonight in the Monday night game run a jet sweep with Julian fucking Edelman, who's about as fast as an offensive lineman. He went around the corner and had no one out there. No one was waiting for him. He did not run into a wall of humanity like we do time after time with those jet sweeps, whether it's Taylor Gabriel or Anthony Miller or Cordell Patterson, whoever it is, the entire defense is over there waiting for us. They see it coming. Stop running that fucking play. And call a balanced game. You got to do it, man. The only way for the running game to work is to actually run the ball. And he said today in his press conference on Monday, I know we need to run the ball more. I'm an idiot. I'm not an idiot. You actually are an idiot because you're going to preach to us all week long that you want to run the football. You know you need to. And then next week against the Chargers, we'll be lucky if we crack double digits in the rushing game. I guarantee that. You know, just the way that he keeps talking about it and the way that he basically just came out and said it this week. I'll throw it 60 times a game if that's what I think is going to help us move the football. It is easier to move the ball in the passing game. That's why we have a passing game. That's why it was brought and introduced into the NFL way back in the fucking 1800s. But, you know, in order to, I don't know, hang on to the football, in order to drain the clock, in order to preserve your defense, run the ball. Just run it. How is David Montgomery supposed to get anything going if he doesn't have the carries to get anything going? I mean, we said this all year long last year with with uh, with Jordan Howard. You know, this is a guy, he's a volume kind of running back. You got to keep giving him the ball, and eventually he's going to start rattling off. So you got to get him into a rhythm, and that's going to get everything going there. I don't think David Montgomery is a volume runner, but he's not going to do much with three carries. Tariq Cohen was our leading rusher yesterday. Three carries for 10 yards. With a long of nine. Fuck's sake, man. Seriously? And then the other bear down goes to Mitch. He was terrible yesterday. Don't let the 250 for two touchdowns and no interceptions fool you. He was, he was, he was terrible. He really was bad. So, um, yeah. That's that. And with that, I put this game behind us. I'm done with it. So... That's going to do it for the Week 7 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Come back on Friday. Jason Hirschhorn, beat writer for the Chargers, will be helping us out and previewing that football game. Hit me up on Twitter at BTU underscore Larry or on on the Facebook group. Uh, Just search Bears Talk Underground and go ahead and join us and get in on the discussion. So that'll do it, guys. Myself, Jason Hirschhorn, will be back on Friday. Until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been... Bears Talk Underground.
This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.